and welcome to episode 21 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about the crazy world of gaining journalism. Brought to you by Slurm. Slurm, it's highly addictive. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Today's episode, game journalism. Is it good? Is it bad? Yes. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and as always, I am delicious and nutritious. With me once again is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm just going with it. I, I'm What's not. Up, I am. I am like. You're part of a complete breakfast. No, I'm. I'm fatty snack food. Delicious, but no nutritional content. You know they call it a food pyramid. Does that mean there's more sides? Yeah. <laughs> no idea where we're going with that. No. So what are you drinking? Uh, I you're, am you're weird over there because yeah, you're I am drinking this very strange uh, proprietary concoction from a co- company local to Cleveland called Rocket Fizz. It is a pure cane sugar soda called Graham's Cracker, and it tastes nothing like a Graham Cracker. What does it taste like? Wet asshole. Should I ask how you know what that tastes like? Well, you know, sometimes your tongue slips. Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. All right. Well, I'm drinking. I don't know where this comes from. St. Louis, Missouri. So it's probably made by Budweiser, which makes this even funnier. But it's by this group called the Best Damn Brewing Company, because haha. So definitely is probably definitely probably Budweiser at this point. They're really not. Yeah, but that's why they would name their company a, a little small company, the Best Damn Brewing Company, because it's Budweiser. Anyway, but yeah, so they make alcoholic soda so i'm also drinking soda but i'm drinking their weird cherry cola and it's, it's yeah five and, half, five and a half percent so it's like that makes it worth it <laughs> you know I'm, I'm not i'm a little harsh on it but it's it's not great but it's not terrible either so i take back my what asshole comment so much as it's it's, it's not bad i <laughs> i wouldn't drink it again but it's not something that i'm regretting completely so, so like wet asshole you wouldn't do it again but you're not regretting I mean, doing it i probably Maybe. will do it again just you know the tongue slips it just happens welcome to the not pg rated show ladies and gentlemen when have we ever been pg rated i don't know like i think in the first episode like the first words out of my mouth tried to. yeah i think we tried to be a little bit in the first no. episode and then no, we really like, didn't yeah that just didn't happen but yeah kind of tastes like cherry pepsi so if you're a fan of cherry pepsi pick it up you'll probably enjoy it run out of fucks to give <laughs> you're on vacation you, you shouldn't have to give fucks on vacation zero so few yep yep yeah so uh what have you been playing so on my vacation i have decided to challenge myself to finish as many silent hill games as i can i've uh started with silent i started with the the couple of the new ones that were not, not developed by konami themselves developed by a couple of american companies the first one i tried is silent hill downpour and it's first off it's not it doesn't feel like a silent hill game at the beginning it feels like you're just kind of wandering through a creepy place there's no fog you know the thing that made silent hill silent hill if you're not familiar with the original silent hill due to graphical limitations in the engine and in the playstation they basically added the fog as a way to allow them to have draw distance 
while it made for a great atmosphere, it made for a fantastic survival horror game. Then Silent Hill 2 came along and probably the best Silent Hill game to date, period. It is a fantastic thrill ride through poor James Sunderland's head. Then there's Silent Hill 3, which is a direct sequel to Silent Hill uh, because you're playing Harry Mason's daughter, Cheryl. Uh, Silent Hill 4, The Room, I don't unfortunately own and I don't think I can find it with a working PlayStation 2 controller because I need one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't have a working controller. I, I do, but it's it's not good. It's not do a good you, controller. So are you playing it on PC and just need that controller or no 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 I'm playing actually, them on a PS2? I'm I'm actually playing the the two that are American developed are on P are on PS3. The same with Silent Hill 2 and 3 because they're really re-released them in an HD collection. And I'm doing it with the, the original voice actors because fuck I love them. They're so bad. So Silent Hill Downpour and Silent Hill Homecoming are both uh, on PS3 originally and both de- developed by non-Konami teams. Because Konami, as we all know, now just develops pachinko machines. Thanks so much. Yeah, I decided to... <laughs> I think I broke down with that one. Oh, people hate hate on the... Uh... Well, no, they, they don't just make pachinko machines. Remember, they make Metal Gear Solid zombie games now. Clementine might remember that, but I won't. <laughs> wah, wah. yeah okay right uh other than that i've i played a little bit of dark souls 2 with drew earlier today and that's really about it oh oh no no no! i take that back dragon quest 7 came out on the 3ds uh, fairly recently last tuesday i believe pick that up that was fun it's good times i like it nice nice it's last friday fuck i don't know i don't remember what it came out point is i have it it's great awesome what do you uh, got for me, uh, just kind of the the old reliables right now. I played the shit out of some more uh, World of Warcraft Legion. Finally hit max level because I started 10 levels behind. So that was a fun little accomplishment. And uh, then played uh, some League of Legends the other night. The World Championships of League of Legends start this weekend as of this time we are recording. They will, I don't know if they'll be over by the time this airs. I, don't, I have no idea. It's, maybe maybe not. I think it. I think it's a three week long tournament. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's there's going to be lots and lots and lots of games starting tomorrow. I think like tomorrow night, and uh, it's just going to be insane and be really awesome. We'll see if it's still going by the time this airs. If it is, go watch, enjoy. If not, I hope you enjoyed it. Shrug. Well, if it has already aired by the time this is ended, you can actually go watch it all on YouTube. Handy. Because they host like all of the League of Legends professional games get hosted by Riot on YouTube, so you can just go watch them whenever, which is really fucking awesome. Because you can literally never miss a game if you want, which is basically what I do. I have a couple of teams that I follow, and like I almost never see them live, but I'll just go through like, oh, it's Monday, I got nothing to do. I could, you know, here, what's let me watch a forty-five minute game. Sure, and just watch watch a game on YouTube. It's yeah, good stuff. Good job, Riot. Good job. Yeah, that's one of the things they're they're actually really doing right is the availability of their product to people who want to watch it. Nice. All right. Current events. Sound good? Sound good. Sounds good. So No Man's Sky is under investigation by the Advertising Standard Authority in the UK. Uh, if you're not familiar, essentially, it's like the advertising board here in America. Very similar. Yeah. And apparently they're investigating the developer of No Man's Sky for uh, falsely claiming that it was a massively multiplayer game when, in fact, it's not. Yep. Which is a shame because 
I was actually kind of looking forward to the game because of that massively multiplayer thing. The ability to, you know, discover civilizations, look around. No thanks. I, yeah. I'm going to pass on this game because no. Thank you. Uh, also found out that Wasteland 3 was finally announced. That's going to be sweet. The weird thing is that uh, they're using a thing, a thing called Fig to crowdfund it as opposed to Kickstarter. And I see uh, that uh, Dan has put in a message when I pop that link in there saying boo fig and I, I must know why that is so i don't know fig i had a real problem with i think it was wasteland 2 i don't remember if it was wasteland 2 or it was uh tied to numeria but i'm pretty sure it was during wasteland 2 where brian fargo there there was a point in the campaign on facebook where it crossed the line it seemed from a a developer wanting to you know support his dream project that he has always wanted to do which is you know at that that period of time in like 2012 that's that's what kickstarter was all about it was all you know ron gilbert and tim schaefer going we want to make an adventure game because we love adventure games and and we can't do it because no one will publish one and you know then Shadowrun Returns happened where it was like, hey, I've wanted to make a Shadowrun game in forever, but no one will publish one. So we can't do this unless you guys help us make this stream Shadowrun game. Sure. And uh, and then Brian Fargo comes in and is like, hey, we have this predecessor to Fallout that we would love to do a sequel to, even though it's been like 20 years. <laughs> you know, the, you guys are the only way we're going to be able to make this game. And then there was just this weird point in the middle of the campaign where it was just like, it just seemed like they were just trying to make more money like they it wasn't that they they needed these more features in the game or whatever it just it straight up was like just give us money here give us more money like and it it lost that whole the developer connecting with the fans vibe that a lot of the kickstarter stuff had that made it really good and started veering into the whole we just want to make money give us money and we'll make you a game but give us money and the the reason i say boo fig and cuz fig is really weird cuz it is this weird crowdfunding site that is owned by a group of people, including Brian Fargo and Tim Schafer. <laughs> and <laughs> they, they crowdsource one game at a time. And it's basically through its legalese removes like all liability from the developer or fig for anything that happens through the site. And it just seems there was some stuff going around when Double Fine was the first person to crowdfund something through fig and that was psychonauts 2 sure and there was some really scammy sounding stuff that was reported on while that game was in development like about fig and it being owned by weird sister companies and just just weird weird shit happening with it i'll have to see if i can dig some of that stuff up but yeah like i'm hesitant about fig just because i don't know it just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth in a degree but i part of it is because i specifically know that the people who own fig and are running now exclusively doing all of their own games through fig because they own fig they just don't want to give kickstarter that five percent when they could just pocket that five percent and not have it go towards the game glorious because that's basically how it works you know kickstarter kickstarter takes four percent the credit card company takes about four percent and then the developer gets the rest of it yeah so they're just like well instead of paying kickstarter this four percent let's pay us this four (laughs) percent not so so much that's boofing like i i don't know i can it's not it's not that it delegitimizes the thing it's just 
be careful because there haven't been enough games that have been developed via Fig that have actually been released because I'm pretty sure none of them have been released yet because Psychonauts 2 does not exist yet. No, it's still being in development apparently. Yep. And I don't know of any other game that's been crowdfunded through Fig other than Psychonauts 2. Fair enough. So they have a 0% completion rate right now. Glorious. Um, Glorious. And no offense to Double Fine, they kind of royally screwed up on uh, the Double Fine adventures that is Broken Age. They yeah, they ran out of money and they raised like five million dollars. Yeah, how do you? And they could only finish half the game. All right, so they, yeah, why not? So they released half the game on Steam to make the money to finish the game. Yeah, why not? It's it is it, it's not a great track record for crowdfunded games. So and now they're trying to make something to compete with a triple A title that they made several years ago that is still like a really, really beloved game that's available on like literally every platform under the sun. I don't know. It Fig doesn't have the track record yet. I don't I don't necessarily trust it, but Well hopefully it does soon. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. As as an avid player of games and lover of games, I would love to see it succeed. And I would love to see Wasteland 3 succeed. I would love to see Psychonauts 2 come around, like actually exist. But <laughs> as we have all learned from the various scandals involving uh pre-orders, yeah. just pre-ordering. Yeah. You never know until that, that shit is on your computer and you're firing it up to play. Like that's when I will believe in a game is when I actually physically have it on my hard drive and am able to start playing yep completely understandable yeah all right you've got a couple of things here too yeah so the first thing is just a weird little thing that i found out about today due to another kickstarter project cliffhanger is a people who did a multiplayer version of Shadowrun, and i think it's uh lockdown boston i think is the name of the the one that they did mm-hmm. The first first Fortunately, version. very poorly received. Yeah, it they ran out of money and it was Boston lockdown, almost, I think. Almost declared bankruptcy at one point and had to restructure and like it was it was a mess. Yeah. According to most, it was a an XCOM like shadow run that just did not hit well. And it was supposed to be massively multiplayer. Sure. That doesn't seem sound right, but okay, why not? So they part of the the thing that they were talking about is that they're finally shipping their physical rewards for that Kickstarter that is like from 2012 and the other thing that was just kind of interestingly tagged at the end of it is that they have a weird little thing that's called shadow talker and you can find it on facebook and it's a chat bot that uses facebook messenger and they refer to it as a choose your own adventure style shadow run messenger game so you just can send a message to at shadow talker via facebook messenger and it will play like a text-based game with you via facebook messenger that is Shadowrun themed by cliffhanger who makes Shadowrun games so i mean it should be cool i'm i'm going to check it out but some some people here might be interested in that if they share my love for Shadowrun or just want to check out a weird interesting quirky facebook chatbot messenger game which could be really cool or could suck ass. Fair enough. No idea. Might as well give it a shot, right? Yeah. You've got one yeah, more. I got here. one more thing that's really weird, and I just thought of it when you mentioned uh, you mentioned Dragon Warrior Seven. I think. Yes. Um, it's a series of YouTube videos that I think people should, ch- especially people who listen here, would be really interested in checking out. There's a guy on YouTube whose name is Mark Brown. And normally he does a, a series of videos that are called Game Maker's Toolkit, where he kind of 
goes through aspects of game design and like how they work in the mechanics of a game. And one of the really cool things he's been doing lately is he's he wants to do a video on the dungeon design in the Legend of Zelda games. Okay. But he realized in order to do this, it's going to take playing through all of the Zelda games. <laughs> and yeah. it's going to take hundreds of hours of research of playing all of these Zelda games to do this. Right. So he has a second thing, like a second series of videos now, aside from Game Maker's Toolkit, that's called Boss Keys. And there are five videos in it so far, but they go through... There's basically a game, like a video for each Zelda game so far, and it analyzes the dungeons of each Zelda game and kind of breaks them down. So if you're at all interested in any kind of level design or RPG design, like this stuff is really cool to watch. And and he really hardcore breaks them down. So like the first one he did was A Link to the Past because it basically has the best dungeons of pretty much any Zelda game ever. Yeah, um, agreed. Link's Awakening, and then he did Ocarina of Time, and then Majora's Mask, and then the the most recent one that just came out was Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, like the two Game Boy games. Partner games, yeah. That were not made by Nintendo. Yep. And in, in that one, he finally developed like a shorthand language for describing like how the dungeons are constructed and like can he can actually graph out the the dungeon shape based on their its structure so instead of like here's a room here's a room here's a room it's a a branching tree like you know here's a door here there's a key over here there's a trap here like and it it just breaks it out into like a schematic almost that looks really freaking cool but interesting but it shows it shows like how many potential keys you can have at one time versus how many doors you can access versus yeah like where the treasures are in relation to these things and it teaches you like I've learned a lot about dungeon design just by watching the five videos he has so far and and it's it's just really really fascinating and I think a lot of people even if you're not a Zelda fan you would enjoy it and if you are a Zelda fan you'd probably still enjoy it even probably. more yeah. But yeah, so Sounds go like ch- go check that out. I will definitely put a link in the uh, the description thingy for the uh, the podcast, so you can you can find it really easily. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yay! All right, topic topic topic. All right, so game journalism is it good? Is it bad? Is it weird? Yes, it's, it's all those things. Weird. It's weird. It's, it's damn weird. All right, so some good stuff about game journalism. So we'll just get the good stuff out of the way so we can focus on the negativity because I am a cloud of negativity as we all know. <laughs> well, so I guess something as we kind of get stuff out of the way, like what game journalism do you like? Like, is there a site that you go to for your, your gaming news that you really trust? Is there a, a specific individual whose reviews and insight you trust? Like where do you stand on game journalism personally? Uh, I I generally kind of ignore it. Truth be told, I I don't often go to review sites because I I find that I will hinge my opinion on that person's review. If I play the game before I read a review, it's it's a different story. But I'll generally try to do that first. I'll try to play the game before I read that review. I like I like look at the like a, a review score. That's about it. I won't actually read the review itself. But if it's like a high scored game, I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. So For, you, but um, you would more care about like metacritic versus the actual individual reviews like you would rather see okay you know 
80% of the people review this game really well versus a specific individual reviews it really well? Kind of, but people are twats. So going to Metacritic is kind of like inviting yourself to twattery. Okay. So I, yes and no. Like uh, the Steam reviews, I'll generally see like the, I think the best part about Steam, the Steam reviews is that there's instead of a percentage, it's like positive mostly positive overwhelmingly positive that kind of thing i'll, I'll, I'll take a look at those and be like oh hey this makes a lot of a lot more sense but uh the the only person i genuinely will trust uh without too much issue is uh yahtzee kershaw <laughs> i was i was wondering how long it was gonna take for yahtzee to show up because yeah yahtzee is, despite the fact that he goes out of his way to be a curmudgeon and an asshole like because I, that's I, just I, a shtick i i agree with a lot of his uh assholery like the, yeah. a lot of his opinions he has on games i agree with and and that's that is definitely a case of where someone's personality shines through and like you can find someone if you find someone whose opinion you find yourself agreeing with i would i trust his opinion when if he says this game is complete shit and i shouldn't play it i'm probably not gonna play it but it, it depends i mean if it's a a game that's utter shit that is going to come out and at a severe discount I might give it a try just to see how bad it is. Yeah. But other than that, I'll generally trust his opinion on, on various topics. I can say I bought the orange box on his recommendation just to play Portal. I imagine you didn't look back from that, though. Oh, no, not at all. But, you know, he he basically talked about how Portal was, like, literally the best game he had ever played. And, like, there was nothing bad he could say about it. And then just went, you know, I was like, holy crap, I need to play that game. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really weird. Like, he, he the review, his review of the Stanley Parable was spot on. Like, it, it matched up with everything that you've raved about with Stanley Parable. And I was like, yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. It, okay. It, it is. That's a very meta game. It, it makes fun of games in general. And it's so fun. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, All right. For me, I'm I'm a little weirder. Like my main two main sources for gaming news right now. One of them's a little weird, and I've been using it since like the late '90s, like maybe '97, '98, maybe a little earlier. It's been around forever. Sure. That's a site called Blues News. Yep, and uh, it's a, just a little text-based site, and it's a news aggregator. But like, literally, <laughs> I think for the most part, people just email him news from other websites, and he just like collates them and then post them so and just like little summaries and pops out excerpts and stuff like that and makes sense it is like the simplest website in the history of ever and it it literally just collects gaming news stories from all over the place and then sometimes some extra stuff too like they have some links of the day that he does every day that where he does like scientific links and movies and little comic strips that are funny and just random ass shit just at the end but for the most part it's all gaming news and tech news and weird shit like that and i i always i usually peruse it once a day and just like at the end of the day just scroll through it and be like oh that's cool oh that's cool oh whoa holy crap like that's how i found out about the witcher 3 announcement (laughs) or the the witcher 3 the wasteland 3 announcement was uh scrolling through and found out about the no man's sky thing they were the two most recent stories on Blues News because he only up- updates it twice a day. I think he does it once in the morning and then a post in the evening and just massive update of stuff to read. So if you just check it once a day, it's just boom, you have basically your entire day's worth of gaming news in one place. And then the other one that I've started doing recently because I've been watching more and more stuff on <laughs> YouTube recently is Rooster Teeth has a news program, like a gaming news show called The No. And it's actually pretty funny and 
really well done and it's literally just a couple of people standing around and they do two or three stories a night and they just talk about gaming news and it That's basically fair. basically runs monday through friday and they do two or three episodes a night i can understand that i, I pass ask me something else <laughs> i was i was gonna look and see what today's things were for the no just uh i like rooster teeth but i like them better when they're making just fun entertainment stuff i don't, I don't know how i feel about them reporting news Oh, they had, a, they had one that was absolutely funny as shit the other day, and I can't remember what it was on. They were just taking the piss out of someone for, oh, I think it was the, uh, they did an announcement about uh, Adaware, the, the okay. people with the ad blocking software yep, yep, yep. that has started running its own ads on yeah. Adaware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, oh my God, like that was, that was really absolutely hilarious i can't imagine why they thought that was a good idea yeah anyway yeah today they have their news stories have been about a bunch of leaked information about destiny 2 because that's apparently big and hot in the news right now because allegedly multiple multiple sources have now confirmed that destiny 2 is going to come to pc sure is and uh that basically it's just gonna have absolutely nothing to do with the original destiny that's not what i read i read that it was a direct sequel to destiny yeah, like, but basically nothing is going to carry over from Destiny to Destiny 2. That's, well, that's the yeah. rumor right now. I mean, that's uh, that's not a huge surprise. And then apparently the someone was working on a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. And now apparently that project has been resurrected and saved, allegedly. And then the oh, other really? one, the third story they've done today was uh, about No Man's Sky investigated for false advertising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which ties into kind of what we're talking about. But, but yeah, so they just do like quick little you know five to ten minute little news chunks and usually they're pretty funny and they're kind of informative so it's in the mix of random shit that i watch during the day yeah why not all right you've got a whole bunch of stuff about weird things uh mostly i mostly have one thing that's weird but yeah i guess we can talk about weird. let's talk about weird stuff and then we'll then we'll circle around and talk about the good stuff about gaming journalism so the weird stuff about gaming journalism is this just weird ass thing about previews of a game versus reviews of a game and just this weird ass shit that like people can't actually tell you whether a game is good or not until the game has been released and in a way it makes sense when you like when you just look at it objectively it makes sense because you know developer and and publishers like they want press for a game while it's in development especially sure. as like it's getting closer and closer to when it's supposed to be released right they, they want that hype train and then they don't want anything negative out there that would impact sales of the game especially pre-orders of a game yeah and, tough and then shit. and then it's good for game journalists because they get a sneak peek at a game and but then they're only allowed to talk about like features and not about whether or not something is good or bad yeah and the bad part is the well, what makes this weird is that players basically kind of get screwed a little bit because they don't learn anything about whether or not the game is worth playing right until after the game is released and people are allowed to review the game literally after you already own the game well if you're have poor impulse control yeah well if you're if you buy a game day one you you will not have a chance to read any reviews because holy crap they're not out yet yeah Uh, i I, like i said poor impulse control Uh, when's the last time you bought a game day one last time i bought a game day one 
Fallout 4. Yeah. You World pretty much well, World of Warcraft. Be good. You pretty much knew that was going to be good for you. I mean, I, that's... I didn't know it was going to be good. Well, on. I didn't know Legion would be good for me. You I just based track record on it. Like, how much did you enjoy World of Warcraft before that? I've always... Aside from Warlords of... I actually I played like a week of war. Well, if you count leveling through it for Legion, I played like three weeks of Warlords of Draenor. That's what I mean. Aside from that, that was like the most poorly received one of the entire cabinet of expansions. Yeah, half half a shelf. Whatever. (laughs) Point is, not how few people buy a game day one that they don't trust a a company developing it. Yeah, but here's where it can be a, a massive disservice. The the best example of this, by far, we pick on it a lot on this show, and so do a lot of other people. I don't know about by far, but I agree with it. It's probably the best example. I, I'm curious to hear other examples you have that might compete. Let, uh, but Aliens Colonial Marines. This is infamous, infamous in the gaming world because literally all of the pre-release coverage for this game was basically based on a pre-rendered trailer that looked really fucking cool. And it does. Like, if you go look at that trailer, you're like, holy shit, this game looks awesome. It does. And then then the day the game came out and all of the reviews were unleashed, I think it got 30 or 40% of positive reviews. Like, I mean, it was, it got trashed by game reviewers. Like, this game is terrible, horrible. But it was, though. Literally, the only thing fans had to go by of whether or not they were going to buy this game was this really awesome looking trailer. And then the trailer was nothing like the game. So, yeah. They just just got screwed and in fact it was a subject of another lawsuit similar to what's happening with no man's sky dead island is the one that i thought of because again pre-rendered trailer which had a great uh, story to it a beautiful thing that you the, thought the crazy holy rewind trailer yeah you're like holy shit this is a thing that i want to see i want to play this and then the game is nothing at all like it the characters are wildly unlikable every single person you're trying to rescue is just a complete ponce you don't <laughs> no one believes there's a zombie apocalypse going on <laughs> no no no. people believe in it they, they have no choice because they're faced with that reality it's just the fact that they're just unlikable twats and you don't want to fucking save them your characters are just complete dicks the people yeah. you're trying to rescue are complete dicks the game I, has no impetus to continue the only thing i remember about that game is like some blonde chick in a bathing suit who just wants champagne because she yep. wants to hang out in her bungalow and party and she doesn't, party give a, she does. doesn't give a fuck about the zombie apocalypse sure doesn't well she kind of gives a fuck but she doesn't want she just wants to ignore it like she just wants to party until she dies okay more power to you you're the only person that i've found that's had any redeemable quality to you whatsoever yeah so where this goes from weird to good is like there's no way we would know about games coming out or you know on the on the horizon if it weren't for game journalism that's true I mean, you get some of these announcements at like E3 and Tokyo Game Show and some other stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it's all you see something in Game Informer, you see something in PC Gamer, you, you know, something pops up on your Facebook feed. Those are the things that let you know that a game is there. And if game journalism didn't exist, we how the fuck would you know what you, what to play other than something popping up on Steam and clicking on it and being like, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, it, it, there was the entire thing back in the day when you had nothing to trust but PC Gamer or the Nintendo other magazines. Power. Yeah, Nintendo Power or a couple other magazines that honestly I can't remember anymore because they have long dead. The point is that you, you relied on these magazines and these reviewers and then the bad stuff happens. 
because there's a lot of nepotism in gaming. People pay for advertisements, the magazines or the websites and expect to be rewarded with that by better review scores. Yeah, well, there's yeah, there's just this weird thing and it, it exists in all forms of media but where you know you you comp someone a free game or you you know give someone a free graphics card and then expect them to do a better job review you know they they give the graphics card a better review because it's literally scientifically proven that if you give someone something for free basically no matter what its actual value is they will more favorably review or do whatever you need them to do. Like it's literal psychology that if I'm supposed to review something that you made, Paul, and you take me out to lunch and buy me lunch first, like I'm going to review that better than if you just handed me something and told me to review it. I'd probably do the latter because I'm pretty stingy. Yeah. But that's why people do it is because they know they can get a better result if they, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit in some capacity. That's why you see a ton of review sites now to will straight up say before we even get started. Like, yeah. We were loaned this by the company. We're we're not gonna accept a payout, blah, 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 blah. Or they'll they'll straight up say, you know, I paid for this out of my own pocket. I am not being paid for for my opinion. This is completely legit review. And it's sad that they have to say that, but the reason they have yeah. to say that is because of some of this other bullshit we're gonna talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, I'm uh, bringing the one part up, Jeff Gerstmann. If you haven't heard of him, he's the guy who gave Kane Lynch a mediocre review. Wasn't even a bad game. Gave it a six. He got fired for it from GameSpot. Yeah, that's some shit. He gave Kane and Lynch, uh, the original Kane and Lynch, a 6.0 average review. It tries to do its best, but doesn't. But falls kind of short. They fired him for it because they were being paid advertising money from, I think it was IDOS who did the game. Sounds about right. But yeah, there's... And this is a weird thing in all forms of journalism where there are little, literally articles on websites and in your newspaper, like local newspapers that are literally paid advertisements. And it looks like a normal news column and reads like a normal news story, but it's literally an advertisement for something. It's just this crazy, weird ass thing. And the FTC is getting a little more assholeish about it and being like, you know, look, motherfucker, you guys have to be a little bit better about, you know saying that this is an advertisement versus calling it news or whatever. But that's one of the real weird things that's gone along recently is uh, Warner Brothers has actually gotten in trouble for this. Uh, and it's just kind of resolving itself. They, they just finally agreed to the the orders of the FTC and, and their giant fine and all kinds of crazy shit because they paid what, what is referred to by the FTC as online influencers all right uh so they paid people to post positive gameplay videos of one of their games Uh, okay and so they paid a bunch of streamers and were like here we're gonna we're gonna give you this game and we're gonna pay you x amount of dollars to make a video about our game that is positive you know so it makes our game look good and the reason they got in trouble for this was that they did not adequately disclose that they paid for the advertising so the videos don't explicitly enough say this is a paid advertisement i was paid by warner brothers to review this game there's no disclaimers in the videos at all and yeah and that's illegal wildly wildly so so the funniest part to me in this whole allegation is that according to the ftc the videos that they paid for got more than 5.5 million views Hmm. which sounds you know ah, that's 
pretty decent in the land of YouTube. Five, you know, quite good actually. If you, if you think that they, you know, paid, you know, a hundred people to review it, five point five million views, not not terrible. Not terrible, not great. I mean, it's a pretty good return on investment. According to their statistics, though, PewDiePie's video, because PewDiePie was one of the people they paid to do a video for the game. PewDiePie's video was 3.7 million of those views. I'm sure that not only did he get paid for that particular video, he also got paid a buttload for the advertisement itself. Like all oh, the yeah, advertisements sure. posted on his video. Yeah, I... because because if you're going if if you're going to get Felix to do a video for you, like you're going to pay him a shitload of money. The funny part is, so the best part about this whole thing, the game that they paid for all this advertising for, Shadows of Mordor. And the worst part is the Shadow of Mordor, really good game on yeah, its own. It's a pretty decent game. Like I, I give it a, a solid seven point five. And didn't need to do that. Yeah, that's that's why everyone keeps talking about this. Is like it's so stupid because you didn't need the illegal hype. That game would have stood on its own. Like you didn't have to pay these people for a review. Like most of them probably would have paid played it anyway. And it's very enjoyable. And would have given it a good review anyway. Like. It, yeah. it, it had its quirks. It had its uh, had a couple of bad things about it, but overall, I'd give it a solid score, yeah. seven point five, probably. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's so funny. Just, Just be happy it wasn't Batman versus Superman because that was shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they could pay people enough to uh, redeem that one. There's a few people I know that would very that very much enjoyed the film. I don't understand why. Objectively, awful filmmaking. Thank you, Zack Snyder, for just shitting down WB's throat again. Yeah, he's gonna do more films for them. Be careful. Yeah, but a lot of that is on the producers too, because hmm. the, apparently the producers are massively fucking up all of the DC stuff. So, oh, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'll be there all day. So, in my opinion, probably one of the last really bad things that we haven't talked about yet for the crazy advertising stuff is the hype train. Okay, go on. And it's weird. It's kind of a double-edged thing because it's really good for developers because the more people that are interested in buying and playing their game, the better. Woo! Yay! Yeah, sounds great. For players, I think it's a bad thing because the more hype a game gets and the bigger it's pimped like that, the harder it is for that game to live up to the hype. I have four games that I can think of right now that fit this bill. No Man's Sky and the Fable series. I, I can agree with the Fable stuff to a point. It's Peter Molyneux. Yeah. You can't help but agree with anything that that man says is hype. Just hype. So you, another one I would potentially throw on there could be Fallout 4. Yeah, I can like, see that. I was super hyped for Fallout 4. I know you we were super were. hyped oh, for yeah, Fallout we both 4. Were. It was a good game. It was not as good as it could have been. I would say it wasn't as good as his predecessors either. Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas were both much better, in my opinion. And honestly, I, even with most, if not all, of the DLC out for Fallout 4, I haven't touched it since I beat it. Yeah. Which I, is sad. Yeah. But but that's one of the things is like it it managed to live up to a lot of the hype, but it could not live up to all of it because it was there was so much there and, and people were just so excited for it. It was not possible for it to. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the games that are big on hype right now and mostly they're the same stuff the, the stuff that we were talking about for uh at e3 yeah. I, I guarantee a game that is going to be probably significantly hurt by hype is going to be mass effect andromeda 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because one, it has to live up to the Mass Effect series. And two, it's been like six years in the making. How do you live up to that? Yeah. Oh, Duke Nukem Forever? How do you live up to that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of that was to that point where people finally got to the point where like, yeah, it's kind of probably not going to come out. Duke Nukem Forever! Up, up, did this this summer. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, Gearbox. Yeah. Anyway. So, I don't know. Sometimes I like the hype train because, you know, getting really excited for a game is always kind of fun. But the excitement itself reached a fever pitch. You're always having a good time. Your adrenaline's pumping. You're waiting for the game to come out. The game finally comes out. And all of a sudden, this is not quite as good as I'd hoped. This is not what I signed up for. And it's, and it's, but it's not always a bad game, for example. The, like, Fallout 4, there was no way it was going to live up to the hype. There, it just, it couldn't. Same with No Man's Sky. No Man's yeah. Sky decided to do a little bit of shady things with their marketing, but that's neither here nor there. There was still no way it was going to live up to its hype. Sea of Thieves probably won't live up to its hype either, but I'll still probably enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still super hyped for that game. And I've absolutely, I want to go check to see if there's any progress or news on it, but like at the same time, I don't want to because I don't want to build up any more hype for it than I already have because I'm already pretty freaking excited for it to exist. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't know. I'm I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to try Sea of Thieves. I'm going to probably enjoy it. I'm just I'm not sure what to expect with it. I I liked what I saw at E3. I liked all the gameplay trailers. I liked watching people destroy the game and just have a lot of fun. And I'm going to enjoy crewing it up with you. Apparently, there's a new trailer for Sea of Thieves. That's going in the show notes. So we should all go watch it. But okay, if you want to contact us, you can contact us at look. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I honestly don't have much else to say, so you might as well wrap it up now. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, so let us know your opinions on gaming news. Like, where do you find your news? Where do you, what do you, who do you trust? Do you, do you have your Yahtzee Crenshaw? Uh, or is your Yahtzee Crenshaw Yahtzee Crenshaw? Crenshaw. Does your, does your cartoon man wear a hat? Or do you, do you go to a different cartoon man? If you want to contact us, you can reach us over at loadedcartgaming.com if you want to contact me. Paul at LittleCardGaming.com. If you want to contact Dan, that's Chop at LittleCardGaming.com. If you want to contact us with podcast, it's podcast at LittleCardGaming.com. Head on over to at LittleCard on Twitter. Dan runs that account. If you want to contact me, I am at Paul Cluel on Twitter. You can find us over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LittleCardGaming. If you want to use our unfortunately uh, underutilized subreddit, it is slash r slash LittleCardGaming. And if you'd like to, you know, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, all that fun stuff. We'd appreciate it very much. Other than that, you got anything else? Nope, I think we're good. Cool. Here's some smooth jazz to play you out. Paul is throwing his cat somewhere in slow motion. That is the second time I've rolled by with a cat. Sorry. You've heard a couple of times where Dan has laughed Snickered. during the episode. Yeah. Snickered during the episode while he was talking, and I've just rolled by with a cat in my arms. It's uh, it's funny stuff. She makes noise. I can't help yeah. it.